dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. It's always exciting when I'm gone for a week. I didn't know if you guys noticed I wasn't here last week. But I spent some time with my family before school got back into session. And uh, a week ago Friday, the Lord spoke to me about a text in His Word. And it was Hebrews chapter 13, so I decided to take a walk in the neighborhood. And I always put put my iPhone on, which is an iPod, and I, I have the Bible. And so I listen to the Bible with my headset as I walk. And it was very profound as, as the Lord was speaking to me in regard to uh, His Word and what needed to be said. I don't know how really this is all going to come out this morning, but I'm just telling you straight up front that uh, I really believe that this is a word from the Lord and that He has something very important that He not only wants to teach me, but He wants to teach the church. And so I'm grateful that you've all come out today to hear the exciting news from His Word. I love the book of Hebrews, even though the author is kind of unknown and we don't really know who wrote the book of Hebrews. How many of you would say, I love the book of Hebrews? It's, it's our life. It's faith. And I love that we can just dive in to that book and realize that we can go through the hall of fame and all the circumstances and situations that take place and know that by the end of it, we're refreshed, we're renewed, we're alive, and we're reminded just why we're a Christian. The book of Hebrews, even though it was not identified who it was really for, it really was a place where the Romans had taken over, but yet it was a place where it was a second generation of Christians where they were being persecuted. And listen closely, they're being persecuted for their faith and their stand in Jesus Christ. Does it sound familiar? Isn't it sad that today we have loved ones that won't come and sit next to you? But I'll guarantee that if all of a sudden the armies come trampling through America and said, do you accept or reject? Because if you reject the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to be in prison. How many of us would say we'd stand together and lock arms and say, we believe that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. We have empty seats because people don't take, they listen closely, they don't take the ministry seriously. So this morning, I want to encourage you to know that you can't take the ministry seriously. And the church, the kingdom of God needs to be taken seriously. This just isn't a vacation. This should be your lifestyle. This should be something that you do, that you should meditate on, and really the Word of God should resonate in your heart 24-7 days a week. You should be challenged. If you haven't opened up your Bible this week, maybe you should stop and say, you know what, it's hard for me to find out what text I need to start with, what I need to end with. Then grab, get your iPhone out, because most of us could say we probably have something or some other type of phone that, that really has all the fun little exciting gadgets that are a part of technology today. But I want you to know that you too can dabble into the Word and you can dive into His Word and begin that loving relationship with Him that is built upon trust, that is built upon faith. This morning, Jesus Christ, God, the One that never changes, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I hear Amen. Did you hear what I said? He's the same yesterday, 
today and forever. What are you trying to say, preacher? What I'm trying to encourage you today to, to realize in the Word. Listen, what happened yesterday is old news. What's happening today is new, good news. And what's going to happen tomorrow is all about the kingdom. So if you can grasp in your mind and say, you know, I get tired of, uh, of the, you know, I'm just going to stop right here and say it like this. Could have, should have, would have. Well, I just wish it would have been this way. It should have been that way. If only God would have handled things that way. Well, guess what? He didn't want to. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you and put you in the place where you're at for a reason. But you're here today to receive His amazing grace so that your chains will be gone and you'll be freed to be able to face the rest of your day and to be able to build the kingdom for tomorrow. But we end up coming to church and we just allow somebody else to take on that responsibility. I know that at the end of my day and at the end of of my work day, rest day, whatever I'm doing in that day, I lay my head down and say, Lord, were you pleased where I was at? And let me tell you something. I've laid my head down and confessed and said, God, forgive me. I've let you down today. But I know the God that never leaves me, that never forsakes me. I know he's always there. And I want to encourage you, church, today to grab a hold of something. I want you to grab a hold of something very important in your Christian life and in your walk. You can look around the room, and I'm just going to speak to our family. If you're a guest here today, you know, I've, I've never said it maybe in this way, but I just want to tell you my heart and how I feel in regard to this church. But I take this ministry very seriously. Ask the guys that were putting lights on our church. Okay, we've got to make sure that it's straight. Put that staple here. Jason was laughing. He's like, all right. Make sure we hide that cord. You want to know why? Nobody even noticed. But I take it serious. And I know that when I'm walking through the streets and around that circle, that I'm not letting people know my God's a joke. And that it doesn't matter what happened in my life previous. What matters is what I'm doing today to build the kingdom for tomorrow. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the one that changes. I'm the one that wavers. I want you, if you would, please take your Bible and turn Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And as you're turning there, I want to, to bring to mind an important text. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do know for certain. I added that for certain in there. Because I, I, every time I hear that verse, I, I love what Paul says. Forgetting, forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching or pressing forth into those things which are before. Luke 9, chapter 9, verse 62 says this, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Do you believe you're here for a reason? Say amen. We're all here for a reason. We're here to learn the Word of God. We're here to be challenged in the Word of God. 
Now, now listen closely. God is on the verge of doing something great in and through your life if you'll just surrender your all to Him. Now, if I'm out working and I continue to look back, and, and, and I kind of put it in mind like this. If you've been by my house, you guys know that my therapy is to be out there and ripping out those weeds and doing all that stuff in the flower garden. We don't have a garden. We have a flower garden. That's what I get to do outside. So whatever everybody else is doing, I'm out there whipping weeds and all kinds of stuff. But have you ever done that? If you're in a flower bed and you're pulling those weeds and all of a sudden you get halfway around and you don't really look back. But when you're all done, you look back and you go, wow, what a difference. You've made a difference. Well, that's kind of how our life is. We, we can plow. We can keep moving forward, keep moving forward. But if we look back, guess what's going to happen? Are there weeds still going to come back up in that flower bed? You better believe it. They're going to creep back up. And they're going to irritate the fire out of us. So why look back? Keep looking forward. In the ministry, I think one of the hardest things for me as a pastor is this. People come, people go. If everybody was here that was here from the very beginning of New Hopes, we, the, the walls would be packed. But I'm going to say it like this. I just don't like what you're doing. Well, God called me to lead a church. And you know what? I'm doing the best I can. But people are always saying, I'm leaving because of this reason and that reason. Well, I'm leading up to what I'm going to say today. Because I did not realize why. And I'm being truthful with you. When he said Hebrews 13, I'm like, what's Hebrews 13? Until I started reading it. And I'm familiar with the verses in there. And I've memorized some of the scripture. But the whole context as a whole, until I really got into the word and realized just how important God's Word is, and as a leader and as a pastor of a church. And so I take this ministry seriously, and I keep moving forward. If I, if I turn around and look back, I get so discouraged, I give up. But you got listen, we have a work to do. And I am here to build the kingdom of God, to win souls for Jesus Christ, to change lives and make a difference. And we as a community of believers need to do that. And God has prepositioned you. He's brought you to this place where we all get to grow and stretch and our buttons get to pull apart because we get to realize the fullness of Christ and bust in our seams. And if you're not busting, then you need to start trusting. That's a message. I'm writing that down. I just yeah. Thank you, Lord. That was a divine prophecy. <laughs> Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, being a minister of the gospel, I always hear people say the should-haves and the onlys. My mom called me, and here's what she says. Uh, she's not here today because my stepdad, Ray, uh, he's 77 years old, and he goes down to Rogers to the flea market, and he gets on his little cart, get about. I don't know what those things are. But anyhow, a lady didn't seem she hit him. He fell off and he busted his, broke his shoulder. And so mom says, "Ah, I hate it that I can't be there tomorrow morning. So she called and told me what happened. And here's what she said. If only it was the other shoulder. I said, I said to mom, I go, really? If only it was the other shoulder. And she goes, but he's right-handed. I said, mom. I'm really sorry you're not going to be here tomorrow because my message is about the should-haves and, you know, if only. 
I said, you know, this, I went from there thinking to myself, how many people do this? I remember walking into a lady who got called as a pastor, and I walked in, and she's in the fetal position, and her family's there, and she uh, was going through uh, a detox program at that time and, and was an alcoholic. And, and I remember her crying out going, why is God letting me go through this? If he would have only, if he could have, if he should have, would have. I looked at him and said, he's not doing this. He's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He doesn't want you to go through this, but he'll deliver you from this. And then you'll see the Shekinah glory. You'll see God in his fullness for who he is. I went down through Scripture. I was even thinking this morning as I was sitting on the porch reflecting on today's message, and I thought, you know, God, we, we look back at Hebrews chapter 11, which is the, the hall of faith, and I was looking at, you know, all of the different people that God actually used, okay? Can you imagine Noah? If only you wouldn't have had me build an ark, a rowboat would have worked better. If only you would have had something that I could have just blown up with my, my air pressure tire thing, whatever, inflator. But, it, I don't know, what, what are those things called? Tire pump. There it is. See, I know. That's why I'm preaching and you're the mechanics. Okay. And so, we'd have had this big inner tube and everybody just jumped on it. If only you would have handled things this way. You know, I could just hear Adam and Eve. They're in the garden of Eden and, and they're going back and forth. And Adam and Eve are going back and forth, and Eve's going, if only the tree wasn't there. See, I had to just put that, that one more thing in there since you guys were all on this today. And the man says, if only you wouldn't have eaten from it. And then she looks at him and says, if only you wouldn't be a follower. Ooh. And he said, you got me. And so maybe he needs to take some leadership. Isn't it amazing that we always say if only or if God should have or if he would have done something. And that's what God does. He's always there for us. He, it says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And if you look back through scripture, we're thankful. I know I'm thankful that I can look in the word and realize that I'm delivered and I'm encouraged through the word of God. Look what chapter 12, verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. That word would mean ensnare us. And let us run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, isn't that great? Can you go ahead and turn the air off? They're, they're, they're down here huddling like football players because they're freezing, and I'm up here sweating to death. I know. I'm going to have to get relaxed here, and I don't want to, but this jacket might have come off. But anyhow, let's continue in God's Word. He says, for consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chastiseth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. When, when I, I just want to stop right there. Isn't that just like us as parents? We chastise our children. 
But we do it for their good. We discipline them because we love them. When we walk into a house and see someone in a fetal position and says, if only God wouldn't do this to me, and we, we hurt ourselves. We blame God. Stop blaming God. We're sinners. Hello? We're all sinners saved by grace. There's not one perfect. No, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 There's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.10 we got to come to a place where we realize we are sinners saved by grace. And He's there to pour out His grace, to break free those chains, and to give you freedom. But guess what that takes? You getting to the end of yourself so that you could take that next step of believing in Him and trusting in Him and having faith. And that's what God wants to do in and through all of us. Robert J. Hastings, well-known and oft-quoted author, said this. He made this statement. He said, It isn't the burdens of today that drive men mad. Rather, it is regret over yesterday or fear of tomorrow. Regret and fear are twin thieves who would rob us of today. Isn't that amazing? Life is lived sometimes regrettably one moment at a time. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. However, life is far too short to live in regrets. Live with the should-haves and if, the, if onlys. To the child of God, He is not only the God of today and tomorrow. He's also the God of the should-haves and if onlys. You don't have to use Him as an excuse any longer. Listen, church. If you think of the kingdom and if you think of God and His sovereignty and if you realize just your relationship with Him, you'll do whatever it takes to continue to move the kingdom of heaven forward. We need to move the church forward. We need to move our lives forward as we are as living instruments, vessels used for His honor and for His glory. The workplace, at school, within our families. What a great testimony that you have because He has shown His grace to you. Father, this morning, bless this message. Father, in the next few minutes, bless our time. Bless your word. Hide me in the shadows of the cross. And Lord, help me to be able to express the importance of who you are and what you expect of us as Christians. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's read together Hebrews chapter 13. I love this text. And I wish I could read it with an English accent because I think it just comes across better. As you always hear the narratives on on our iPods and iPads, iPhones. It starts off Hebrews chapter 13. Talks to pastors. It talks to leaders. Let brotherly love continue, period. End of message. Come to the altar. Isn't that true? Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Have you ever felt like you were entertaining an angel, turned around and those people were gone? It's happened to me. God tests us all the time. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them with suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled, and whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Wow. 
Pastor, could you read that for me again? Sure I will. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Isn't that awesome? Say this with me. The Lord is my helper. Isn't, that, isn't it just encouraging as you say it? We don't have to fear what anybody will do unto us. Remember them that have the rule over you. Remember them that lead and rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation or the end of their conduct. Jesus Christ was the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Listen, you don't have to listen to false babbling. Do you know how many churches that are out there? Do you know every week I ask people, what's going on out there? They tell me and I'm mortified. They don't even use the Bible anymore. Nobody's praising the Lord. When when was the last time somebody prayed? When was the last time they said, let's have an altar call where people can come to an altar and get saved? Or, guess what? Get rid of some of those sinful things. If the altar was good enough in the Old Testament, to me it's good enough in the New Testament. We're not getting rid of it in this church. Not as long as I'm the pastor. And you know, so many churches of of the church of what's happening now have done that. They've just gotten rid of all the things that really have changed people's life for eternity. And we sit back and go... But you know what? But this is what drives numbers in the church. Oh, who cares? Let's grow deeper, deeper, deeper in the relationship with Jesus Christ. You'll know who's serious about God, who hangs around or who decides to travel and go on vacation. And what I mean by that is forever. Someone said to me, you know, I don't know. This church isn't for me. I'm not growing, but I don't know where I'm going. Well, thanks for listening to Satan. Because if you have no direction in your life, you just listen to the, the enemy. And his name is Lucifer. You need to know. You need to continue to search. Know what you're doing. Continue to go to church. Find a place where you can get plugged in. Find a place where you can be encouraged through God's Word. Don't just sit back and say, eh, he'll come to me. He says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But he wants you to search him out with all of your heart. Okay, let me continue. Verse 10. We have an altar. There it is. Whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burdened without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people. Don't you guys just love the word sanctify? That word sanctify actually means set apart. He's setting apart you. He's setting apart his children. Can you say right now as you do an examination of your heart that you're set apart? Do you believe that you're set apart? Can you say there's something different about you than there was of everybody that was in your class that you graduated with in high school? And I know when you're a a teenager, I think peer pressure hit with, it's just ridiculous. You know, uh, I even notice in the parade, you know, with my girls and, and they're doing things and they're having fun. What are their teenager friends and their peers saying about them as they're riding scooters around at 19? And, uh, and the reality is, we're having fun with the Lord and for the Lord. And it's okay. Does church have to be boring? Thank you. I don't think so. Uh, that's right. So anyhow, we have to make the Word and everything else fun and exciting. And I, I just love His Word. So it says there in verse 14, for here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. 
but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifice, God is, well, pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Mm -hmm. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. All right, I will, Lord. I'll read it again. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. And they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Okay, let's just stop right there. How many of you have been to a church where there was a dictator? I have been. I've not been to one, I've been to three. And sit down, stand up, fight, fight, fight. I was so tired of the dictatorship, I just wanted to scream for my life. I was like, are you kidding me? Everything they said and did, it was crazy. But let me, let me explain something to you. But it says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. So I submitted myself. Okay, I did it. it was, I was miserable, but it's, it's truthful. <laughs> so anyhow, no, no more. And I thought, so here's the reality. Obey them that have the rule over you so that you don't, Grief. You know, I looked at that, and I've said to back in some of our officers, I've said this. My heart, I grieve when people leave. And you know, as I'm walking through the neighborhood and I'm journeying, I stopped my iPhone, and I went back to it, and I thought, I have to hear this verse again. Because for so many years I told my wife, I really grieve over that individual. I hate that, that they said, well, I'm looking for a praise band or I'm looking for this or I'm looking for that and, oh, it just takes the wind out of me and, you know, I've invested in their family and I love them and I'm just sharing my heart with you. And then I go, oh, really? But it says here, so I want you to listen closely. It says that I must give an account for your soul as a pastor. And so when I come to you, doesn't mean that I'm coming to you and saying, Okay, you dirty, rotten scoundrel, you are a sinner, and I just can't stand the way you live your life. That's, that's not it. It's up to me to guide and direct you so that you walk in the ways of the Lord. And that we are all encouraged to walk in the ways of the Lord. So let me go maybe a little bit deeper here. The Word also says, too, that obey them, honor them, so they don't grieve over your soul. Okay, let's put it out here like this. You're in a program, and I have to change that program. Why is it you don't trust me? But you trust me with your wedding, your funeral, Mary, Barry, everything that's scary. And I'm there for days. And all of you know that. But as soon as I say, I have to make a change, that's it, Pastor. I'm pulling everything out. I'm grabbing my bank account. I'm grabbing my checkbook. And I'm going to pull my suitcase and I'm leaving. I'll show you. That church will never survive without me. Because I'm out of here. Wait a minute. I can't, I can't rejoice because you're leaving with your suitcase and your checking book, checking account, checking book, whatever. I'm on a roll today, aren't I? See how excited I get when I miss one week of preaching? Wow. But here's what I'm trying to say. If you trust me with your soul, would you trust me to make a decision that I think is best for the whole church. And can I just sit for just a second? 
and take a deep breath. Because it wears me out. You know, I heard Michael easily say, Pastor Chris and I were at the, the pastor's conference, and here's what he said. Hey, preachers, I want you to listen to me when I tell you. And he looks out and he goes, there's times in your life where you have your preacher hat on, but there's times you have to take that preacher hat off, take it right over there, set it there, and go grab the boss hat. Because you have to do some things. Do you understand what it does for me? Just to be able to, to run a ministry. And I know that some will say, you know what, I don't like his decision. Well, did I say I hated your guts? Did I say I didn't love you? I never said that. But I have to look out for the best interest of this ministry. Because why? It doesn't say, you know what, make sure that you serve at New Hope Christian Fellowship because you will give an account for your pastor. No, because if Scripture tells me correctly, it says that I watch out for your soul and that I will have to give an account for you. That is serious. I don't want to be. I have been the pastor of this church for eight years, and that's been eight years of a roller coaster ride of my life. But I got to tell you, I'm not going anywhere. I love the Lord. I know He called me, and I don't want to be the church, the, the pastor that goes to the church that's there for the paycheck, not for the passion. Because I can do that. I can send out a resume and go to any church, stick out there for a year and a half, and then move on to the other church for two years. It's not a career for me. You know what it is? It's looking out and giving account for your soul. Amen. So would you just trust me in my position as a pastor? Amen. Wow, no wonder I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a touchy subject. But I said, God, why did you give me Hebrews chapter 13 to preach on? He goes, because you need to let those people know. You love them. You care for them. And I want to walk on this journey of life with you. And I want to see us make a difference. We don't walk around at a parade and put little staples all over a church with lights on it just because we have nothing better to do. And I love being up till 12.30 a.m. in the morning so I can get up and preach a message. And you wonder why I'm a goofball this morning. Because I haven't slept. But here's what it is. It's fun. But I want you to know we can come to church we can learn the word, but know what's most important. That as I come to this church, don't say, if they would only have, or they should have done it that way. Well, then do something about it. You do it. Come on. This is like revival. I need to get moving here. And then here's the benediction to Hebrews chapter 13. It says, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. Hmm. You know, as I look at this, and as it's speaking to the second generation there, you know, we have to stop and think. Okay, I remember starting this church, and I remember some of the, the sixth graders that were here that have graduated. They are now, some of them are married. I just married Beth. And, you know, I look at some of those young people, listen closely, and I said to them, don't you ever, ever forget this moment in life. Don't you ever forget... God gave us a church building. We're no longer on a deck. We're not at the Court Cultural Center. We're not at the YMCA. In one year, God gave us a church. Don't forget what He's done. Listen, church, don't forget the souls that have been saved, the lives that have been baptized, the people that have been changed, because you didn't give up. One lady said to me, she said, Well, I think it's just me and somebody else here at this church now. Well... You're probably right. Maybe their work was over. I don't know. 
But I do know one thing for certain, that I go to God on your behalf. And I am a praying pastor. I walk and I pray for you. Do you know that, and I'll just tell you how I do this. I know where you're sitting today. I see every face. And I will pray right where you sit. There's times I walk these church aisles in here because I'm concerned for your soul. Not because, oh, that's his job. It's because of a love that I have for you. And that's what pastoring is about. It's about passion. And so we come together to realize that our souls are important to God. Your relationship is important to God. And then it says in verse 19, But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. Isn't that word amazing? It, it says entire. Make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I just want to grab people right around their throat and I want to squeeze till I start seeing their face turn purple. And I want to, and I want to say, get your life right. Because you know what God's Word says? That you may be perfect to do His will. Listen, I'm not judging you. All I'm trying to do is to say, listen, I want you to walk in the ways of God. And at the end of your life, and someday, if the Lord lets me tarry, you may see me up here in a casket someday. I don't know, and I pray that doesn't happen. But you can walk by a man who said he loved his people. And he loves me. And that we have a church that will continually move forward. And when people walk in here and people say, they knew who I was. We don't have the little motto that says a new hope for a new generation just because we came up with some little classy thing that we want to put in blinking lights so everybody goes, ooh, when they walk through. Because every church has a mission program, you know? So, all right. So verse 22 says this. We're, we're wrapping her up here. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. Imprisoned. He was imprisoned. Salute all them that have the rule over you. There it is again. Greet them, honor them that have the rule over you, and all the saints that have Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Grace be with all of you. I'm going to ask you an important question. When was the last time you prayed for your pastor instead of cutting me up at the dinner table? You know, I made this decision for Pastor Chris and Hillary to take over the youth. And don't think for one minute that I love our previous youth leaders any less. But here's the reality. I want to do what's best for this church. And I love everyone. And it saddens my heart and it breaks my heart when change has to take place but can I ask you a question? How many changes have taken place at your workplace and you don't think it will in the church? Why do you think that we're set apart and different? And you know what Satan is doing? The hater, the killer, the destroyer. He's walking around like a roaring lion seeking about whom he may devour. You know what I would do if I were you? I would say, 
Who are the people that sat here? What happened to them? What happened to these people here? And I better, better, listen to me closely. I better stay in the Word of God because I don't want to be that weak link so that Satan comes in and grabs a hold of me and gets a hold of my life. That's a pondering thought. Are you listening to the right music, youth? Are you in prayer? Are you exalting the name of Jesus Christ? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? I'm going to stop today, and I'll go into my points next week, but I, I believe I said what the Lord wanted me to say. And as we conclude this morning, and next week I'll, I'll do part two of this week's message, but I want you to, to know something, that all the changes that have taken place have been for the glory of God. And I just want you to know, do you know there were some that said to me, you don't need to move over there in Riverside Drive. I said, really? Well, I'm moving there. Because I'm sick and tired of pulling tarps out across, across the gymnasium floor that are 125 pounds. You try it in a suit, okay? Just thought I'd tell you. Setting up chairs, tearing down chairs. It was great to start the ministry. But you know what? I'm thankful that we're here today. We have a church. I have an associate pastor. I have a great board. I have a great treasurer, great deacons, great trustees. Pray for them. Pray for this church. Pray that we continue to preach the Word of God. Pray that we continue to see souls saved and lives changed. Pray for your pastor that I continue to keep, you know, narrow-minded, looking towards the cross, that my heart will be focused on Calvary, that it won't be on the things of this world. We need each other. That's the body of Christ. And today we conclude... And I ask you this question. Where are you? What are you doing? Are you just riding around? Ron said this morning, are you on cruise control? Are you letting God do something great in and through your life? Are you allowing revival to take place? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to be real in your life? So that people see Jesus Christ, not just Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday. God loves you. And He died for you. He went to the cross. Listen, this isn't an old message. It's as fresh and new today as it was yesterday. Listen, church, you don't have to look backwards. Keep looking forward. Keep knowing that the end of your life, He's going to come back and rapture His church. And you want to be a part of that alive church. You're here today for a reason, to move forward. To know that He's my helper. And to know that whatever struggles you're going through, He wants to help you get through it. Because He is the same yesterday today and forever. I'll never stop preaching the old rugged cross. And I'll never stop preaching His Word. I might sweat a little bit up here when I have to preach a message like this today. But I want all of you to know from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, whatever decision I make is for the good of this ministry. And it's not because I don't like the color of your hair or what you're wearing. 
It's because I love you and I love others. Would you do the same? Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we come to you today with a heavy heart, but Lord, a heart that's filled up into overflowing. Father, we thank you for your wonderful word through Hebrews chapter 13. And Father, we're grateful that we can just reflect upon your immovable. You'll never change. You're unchangeable. That you're the same yesterday. You're the same today. You'll be the same tomorrow. But Lord, we cry out to you with a heavy heart and with a spirit that's burdened because we sometimes don't know what direction we need to go in. But Lord, we know that today that You're here to deliver us and to help us and to guide us and direct us. And Lord, we need Your strength. We need Your help. And we don't want to be the church of, here's what's happening now, but we want to be the church of, here's what we're learning through Your Holy Word. Lord, I'm thankful for those that are here today. And Lord, as we have this time of reflection and this time of invitation, I just pray, Lord, that that You will open up hearts and, and let them know that the altar call is for them and that, Lord, You can change who they are if they'll just come to the old fashioned altar. That they can stand up and be changed and renewed today. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy, but tried and true. See, we can put the tried behind us and know that we can come before you being pure. So, Lord, we confess our sins before you and we just pray that putting aside the laughter today, that, Lord, you'll just restore the joy of our salvation. Rekindle that flame within us. Help us to not just say we're a Christian, but to be Christ-like to be like you. Lord, thank you for your word. Encourage us today. In your name we pray. Amen.